You're listening to And the Plot Thickens, an Authors on the Air Radio Network podcast. Join your host, suspense and horror writer Jeff Crawford, as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres. Find out more about Jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. And now, meet today's author guest. Hey up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens, part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford, and my producer is Carrie Schaefer. With us today are collaborative writers and brothers, Harrison and Matt Query. Their latest book is Old Country. Harrison, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having us. It's great. It's great to have you guys on. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um yeah. On And the Plot Thickens, we talk about suspense and tension and the darker side of writing. The two of you bring a unique perspective to the show in that at least in this latest book, it's been a collaborative effort. I've written one collaborative book and the suspense level for me was ratcheted up simply because I had to wait and wonder what my partner was writing in response to the last bit I had done. Does that figure into your work as well or have you found a way around that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt, yeah. Matt, you go, go ahead. This is Matt. Yeah. You know, we, we, as brothers, we can kind of speak a language that other people can't understand, you know, and um, we're also kind of can tune into the same frequency on things and we can rap about a, an idea and I can put a chapter down and then send it over to Harrison. And uh, I'd say maybe because we're brothers and we kind of, are on the same wavelength in a lot of ways. The suspense is a bit less than if I were to do this with a number of friends I can think with, think of. Yeah, I've, okay. I've uh, this is Harrison. I've, uh, I've, obviously this is the first time I've collaborated with my brother, but I've done, I don't know, maybe four or five uh, projects on the film or TV side with different professional, you know, just uh, creative collaborators. And it can definitely be a pretty <laughs> fraught, uh, at times unpleasant process but uh you know a lot of times really great content comes out of that friction and uh you know we're, we're lucky like matt said we have a shorthand that allows that that kind of content generation without the unpleasantness of disagreement so we we lucked out here great yeah no i get you and that's uh that's fantastic when you can when you can make that work and um yeah and you can have fun while you do it together. I mean, that's that's just yep. super. Um, yeah, I've 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 read uh, a, f- a fair amount of old country, and um, so let me. Th- that sort of brings me to this next question, and it's one that I ask almost everyone who comes on the show. What builds more suspense and intention in a book? Is it the known or is it the unknown? Matt, let's start with you. You know, until I, until I started writing this story, I, I think I would have said the unknown. Um, but there's something, there's something kind of <clears throat> spooky and off-putting in, in knowing what's going to come or being told, you know, and the, the way that this story works. Uh, the main characters are sort of given a preview of 
of what's going to happen to him each season. And I actually found that sort of spilling the beans, so to speak, on what's to come at least a little bit. And, you know, I, Harry and I, Harrison and I worked to, to sort of avoid disclosing too much up front, but giving the reader sort of a preview, a snapshot of what's to come and being sort of intentionally vague with the descriptions actually kind of serves a good purpose and giving people a taste and, and setting expectations high. So then when the scene comes, when the, when the sinister, you know, elements come into play, it's almost, I, I guess in this sense, I've gotten, I've gotten the impression that it can actually create more tension. The known can create more tension and, and thrill, but I think it depends on the story. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. This was sure definitely a weird case in that, uh, you know, this is a story that, despite being a thriller and a story that's trying to generate a lot of uh, disease, there's, you know, the, the the protagonists are told in the very beginning of the story exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what they can do to protect themselves in very plain English, which is a a, a strange way to go about things because it seems like it would, it would it would really deflate a lot of that uh, tension. But like Matt said, I think this is a sort of a perfect example of, of a case where uh, having all that information in front of you, it's a different kind of tension um, than just the pure uh, sort of unknown where you don't know what's around the bend. Instead, it's sort of like a truck coming at you head on that you just can't get out of the way of. Um, and you know, you, you can see it in, in clear daylight. So, yeah, I, I think uh, this is certainly a case where being a little more fulsome with the information up front serves the story. Okay, so you've you're actually taking the approach of putting the reader as the deer in the in the headlights situation. Yeah, totally. And of course, there's you know misdirections, and then it creates a different set of uh, of conflicts and questions to generate tension from, as opposed to what's going to happen. It's okay, we know it's going to happen, and what if you know in this story in particular, there's sort of a prescribed set of rules that the characters have to follow in order to avoid the the most uh, consequential outcomes in this uh, haunting and you know, you know, it's going to happen when it's going to happen and what they're supposed to do. But in, and in such a case, it's the question of, okay, what if they don't follow the rules? That's where the, the, the mystery of the tension comes in this case. But um, yeah, we, we very much intentionally kind of laid it all out there from the beginning, which <laughs> is a weird way to go about it, but I think it works. I think it's neat. I think it's interesting yeah. as all get out. Um, yeah. I'm actually getting an image of the guy, you know, down on his knees waiting for the guillotine blade to drop. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's coming. You just don't exactly, you, you just, you just kind of wishing it wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. yeah. Let, let me, let me move on to this. Uh, for the two of you, is there a recognition and we've sort of touched on this, but is there a recognition or an awareness of strengths? so that there is an understanding <clears throat> or an assigning of roles in the writing, or is everything sort of attacked equally? Well, we had a, we had a unique uh, uh, situation here in which the book deal, the book deal uh, came together simultaneously with a, a film adaptation as well with Netflix. And uh, I've been writing film and TV for years, and you know Matt wrote the original short story that the novel is based off of. So there was sort of a natural... Uh, sort of a division of labor there between the script and the novel side, but we both worked on 
the alternate medium as well. But um, you know, there was a maybe a a, a general uh, division there where Matt, having written the original source material, uh, spearheaded the 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 novel side, me the script side. And what was great is then when we would swap and we would work, you know, I would work on the book and Matt would work on the movie. One very much informed the other. Obviously, they're radically different uh, medium and uh, a lot of different changes have to be made in order to accommodate those those different formats but some of the changes the ideas that were required to adapt this into a movie ended up really informing the novel process as well just you're in such a different frame of mind writing a movie than you are with a novel and sometimes that just operating in that different gear uh creates ideas that you just wouldn't in the novel headspace um so there was a great exchange there it was a weird process normally obviously a book would be well written and if not, you know, having been released for quite a while before the movie would even be considered. But in this case, they both happened at the same time and it was unexpectedly uh, helpful to one another. Yeah, cool. I would say. And another another aspect of to your question is, I mean, it's undeniable. I have kind of a greenhorn status when it comes to professional writing. I mean, I've done I'm a litigator, so I've I've written a lot of legal briefing, you know, but it's pretty dry. <laughs> for a judge not a, a someone looking to enjoy a book and so um i i was very lucky to have harry there to hold my hand through sort of the learning curve and you know i i'm proud of the short stories and the the fiction you know novel novel work that i've done but it was nice to have harrison's experience to sort of you know i i wasn't entirely looking at the novel and as a lot of novelists would and acts and timing and story arc and um, being able to just throw down a couple big chapters and then have Harrison tighten it up and sort of weave it into a, you know, I wouldn't say more traditional, but digestible novel format. It was definitely very helpful. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is a, to say the least, an interesting process. The, the yeah. are, that y'all are working through that is that is um it, it's it's laudable i mean it, it sounds i you know you everybody in the world that's going to have a brother or a sister or a friend that they want to write a book with you know they're hearing this and they're going to say well you know let's let's try this let's try. it's not going to work as easily as y'all make it sound but y'all do make it sound doggone interesting um, yeah, yeah. What is the most crucial element when writing dark uh, to get a reader out on the edge of their seat? What has to be on the page for that to happen? For in y'all's opinion, I mean, I, I think uh, for me at least, I mean, as a writer, but also maybe more importantly as a reader, I think that the characters and the world that they're inhabiting have have to feel very authentically real you know, the emotions and the, the relationships and the environment that they're navigating. I mean, I think as much realism and connective tissue as you can create between the content and, you know, the lives of the people reading it. Uh, that for me is the foundation of, I mean, I guess that really applies to anything, whether you're talking about romance or action or thrills. I mean, any emotion you're trying to generate in writing, I think only is successful in direct uh, correlation to how authentic and real the characters in the world is. So to me, it's almost like that's really the foundation. And then the 
the window dressing of the, you know, the thrills and the set pieces and the scares, that all really works and becomes really easy if, if the world feels real. Um, otherwise, it's just, it's, you, you can't access it emotionally or, or psychologically as a reader. It needs to feel like something that you can really inhabit as a reader. That's, that's what I think, at least. I think that's spot on. This is Matt. I'd say that the, I would describe exactly what Harrison said in a different way and say that I, when, you know, when I'm reading, when I think Stephen King is the, is the master of this and it's giving the reader the sensations, you know, like the, the actual touching on the five senses of the reader, you know, a, a good description of the sounds of, you know, someone's knees popping as they're standing up or the, the kind of light, depending on what kind of day it is, and the smell of something and, Describe, you know, the breathing, the feeling of anxiety, adrenaline dumping into your hands. You know, it's there's giving the reader the sensation of the characters, the actual what's going on with their senses. That keeps me on the edge of my seat big time. I agree. I agree with both of you. And yeah. uh, the more the the more you can get into where a person lives, the 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 more real it's going to be. So I, I agree totally. Um, yeah. Since since collaborative books are different from other books, um, in the in you know just in the way that they're written, do you de do you detail it thoroughly at the outset, or do you try to surprise each other? In terms of like an outline. Yeah, or even in content. If see, I don't. When 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 I worked on one then my partner would write a chapter or two chapters and then send it to me. And then basically I was, you know, given a response to it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and so I don't, you know, so I never knew where it was going to come from and I was always shocked and taken off my, you know, off my feet by that. And, and I found myself maybe a little bit trying to do the same to him. Uh, as a, as a means sure. of keeping up, and I was wondering, do you, do, do, was any of that uh, going on? We had we had I, I mean, we had the benefit of you know we we sold we got the book deal based on a short story that I had written, and so we had sort of we had the benefit of having some of the meat and potatoes of the storyline already in the pot, you know, and so mm -hmm. we we were able to sort of accordion the short story into a novel and obviously add a whole lot more, um, both in the story and the character development and all that. But, um, but having that skeleton of the story already in place, sort of it, it spared us of some of that, you know, surprise back and forth where we kind of had the, the structure there. But one thing too, and being brothers in the same way we would when, you know, we're building a fort in the woods when we're eight and 10 or, you know, messing around in high school. It's, we could sit down, talk about, talk about the next chapter, the next three or five chapters uh, over a beer and really jive and hammer it out. And uh, so there, there wasn't as much of the surprise element in passing, passing the story back and forth um, again, yeah. because, you know, we had a, we had a lot there. Yeah, there was a lot to, to base it on. And we definitely, you know, did the 
outlining process and had a had a skeleton of what the thing was going to look like in front of us. But I would say in this project and in I guess every collaboration I've done, there's always even if you have the outline and you know generally speaking what you know the beats of the first act are as you're writing it and you're waiting for pages from your collaborator, there's still that sort of surprise and mystery of like, okay, I know that this is you know whatever this is the the car chase scene, but then it's how are they going to do it? You know those those sort of specific zigs and zags always uh totally. end up totally. surprising uh to some extent but um yeah we 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 definitely had a, ma- a road map for sure that we were following that was pretty clear okay cool yeah. um we're, we're, we're getting close to the end but the, here's here's the here's a good question that I, I wanted to make sure that i got in um sure. what is the most reliable tool in your toolbox for creating suspense and unease in a book is it characters or is it setting or is it uh, a history that you have to let the reader in on or what is it i think it's i mean for me again this is just off the top of my head for me it's always the the character i mean it, it the the character feeling very real and feeling like somebody that you care about and somebody that is authentically multidimensional and flawed and fucked up and uh, screwed up, excuse me, the way that uh, <laughs> people are. Um, and, you know, it needs to, there needs to be that, that uh, sense of connection there. And that's what makes everything terrifying. You know, the, the face appearing in the, in the window at night is only scary if the person looking at it is someone you care about and you don't want to see get, you know, their head chopped off in the kitchen. So it's all about that for me. Um, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of horror set pieces and, and creating fear, uh, you know, it's important and writing that stuff in a way that's descriptive and disturbing is definitely part of the process, but it really only matters and works if, if you give a crap about the people involved. So that to me is the whole thing. I would, I would say, I would sort of go back to, this is Matt, um, go back to our, to our previous answers to, to, sort of suspense toolbox materials i would say slowing down a scene you know the our our book covers the course of a year or more and for those scenes where you really want you know it's action suspense horror really boiling up and sort of having a crescendo moment i really think it's important to to slow down the scene and really get detailed and again touch on the touch on the reader's senses you know go from describing what the main characters were doing for a couple weeks over the course of a page down to um really describing the scene the sound of the crickets the light you know the smell the the thundering of a heartbeat and describing you know sensations of pain and anxiety and adrenaline dumping i think that slowing slowing the pace down so you can focus on those little things really help build up an intense moment that's that's great that's a great answer um yeah what what you've done is made me glad that i have completed all the notes and questions that i was going to ask you guys so i can get back to reading old country Uh, (laughs) all right right i can't wait i can't wait to see how this one ends um but before we sign off, tell the listeners about Old Country and where they can find it and find you too. Yeah, um, you know, it comes out tomorrow on, uh, well, 
not sure when this will be released, but tomorrow uh, as of the moment of recording, which is the last July 26th, and uh, it will be available at, you know, any bookseller you know you and certainly on Amazon. Um, there's uh, obviously an audio book as well. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's going to scare the crap out of you and, um, you know, has some, I think, effective uh, thematic underpinning elements as well, as far as, uh, you know, relationship and marriage and things that I think people will relate to and uh, everyone should go out and buy it immediately. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a uh, our publisher Grand Central, they on their website on their page for the book, um, they've got a link to quite a few different places that it can be picked up, either yeah. either ordering online or, or finding a, a location and going and buying one in person. And we're not neither of us are uh, very big on social media. I actually don't know if Matt has any social media. I have an Instagram under my name Harrison Query. I cannot imagine why anyone would want to follow me or look at anything <laughs> I have to say, but, uh, I certainly am sharing, you know, links to the book and, uh, you know, if anyone reads it and wants to send a question and, or talk about it, I am reachable there. Fantastic guys. I, I, you can't know how much I've enjoyed talking with y'all. Um, it's well, just been, so it's much. just been super. And, and yeah, I, I, you, you've got to promise to come back on one day. Promise. We, we would love You've it. Got yeah. it. We'll, we'll talk about the next one. You, That's right. Hey, man, I, I cannot wait. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks so All much, right. Jeff. Oh, it's, it's been my pleasure. Um, All righty. All right. You've been listening to And the Plot Thickens. I've been your host, Jeff Crawford. You've been listening to Matt and Harrison Query talking about suspense and all that goes into writing. Pick up their new book, Old Country. Um, pick up any book, read it, review it, reviews matter. Tell everybody you read it. I hope you'll, uh, join us next time for the next installment. There's a, there's a lot of great guests coming up and I can't wait to introduce them all to you until then. Um, to my buddy, AM man, keep grinding. We're pulling for you and we'll see you next time. Thank you.